When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Inspiring Sports Stories with Mark Duffield on SEM. Thanks to Bower and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. Yes, welcome to Inspiring Sports Stories with Mark Duffield. As mentioned, we are brought to you by Bower and O'Day. Do not miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. And... This is a nice one for me to do today. Uh, with me in the studio is Wally Edwards, former West Australian and Australian opening batsman. And when you're growing up in the country, when you're watching cricket, you always have a favourite batsman and a favourite bowler. And I'm happy to say I was born in 1964. So around about 1973-74, I was about 10 years old. And of course, everyone's favourite bowler was Dennis Lilly. And my favourite batsman was a dashing lefty that was making his way in first-class cricket at the time, soon to break in to the test team, and that was Wally Edwards. Wally, welcome to Inspiring Sports Stories. Thank you, Mark. Good to be here. Mate, um, we'll get to talk about watching you on TV, playing uh, playing for WA and Australia, but uh, let's go back all the way to the start. Mm. Tell us about uh, where you grew up and uh, and how you got started. Yeah, well, it was. Uh, I, I was born in a very, very small town called Mushay, which is about in those days thirty-five miles north of Perth. Took an hour to get to Perth, and Midland was our closest uh, commercial centre, you might say. So I was born there. My parents had a general store, post office, fuel depot, so we were sort of the centre of the community. Um, but it wasn't a very big community, so. There weren't a lot of kids uh, my age in particular, and uh, so I just made my own way there. I I had Sir Donald Bradman's book, The Art of Cricket, uh, which I read probably a hundred times, and I had a ball on a string, which uh, I spent most of my time hitting, and that's how I started playing cricket. And then probably at the age of about 12, my father took me down to... Jack Mann in Middle Swan, who ran a under-16s team called Middle Swan. And Jack, of course, was the father of Tony Mann, Doran Mann, Billy Mann. They're all very strong cricket and a great cricket traditionalist. And uh, he became my first coach, really. And I played under-16s for Middle Swan. And then uh, Midland Guildford came and recruited me and I went down and played district cricket with Midland Guildford. So was it always cricket? Were there other sports you had interest in oh, in those yeah. early days? Yeah, I started to play golf, you know, because it was a good, lonesome game. In fact, I used to make my first golf sticks. I'd made out of um, mallee roots and a, you'd find a mallee root with a nice handle and you'd carve the root bit into a, a golf club. Into a club head. And yep. I remember my dad bought me my first golf clubs. There was five. He bought them at an auction somewhere, I think, for $2.00. And they're all wooden handled, but I used them forever. In fact, I've still got one of them, my chipper, which I used to use, was called a mache niblick. 
Were you um, any good at golf? Or? I was. Yeah, I played golf. In fact, uh, I played, I played um, quite a lot of golf. In fact, I can remember uh, telling state selectors I couldn't get to uh, Sheffield Shield practice matches because I had to play in the club championships. <laughs> was this which, up, still up at Moose? Uh, I was at Checkers, which was at near Bullsbrook. Yep. Uh, Bullsbrook, the raft base Pierce there. Uh, so, yeah, I played golf. I, I got down to a four handicap, in fact. And um, Were you a lefty or a righty? I was a lefty. Yeah. And uh, I once won the Country Week Championship, actually. Uh, gross at Royal Fremantle one year. Two rounds of 74-75, I think, if I remember rightly. It's a pretty so, good score around Royal Fremantle. Yeah. No, I played quite well and I enjoyed it probably as much as cr- cricket. And that's probably one reason at times I'd say, oh, I can't play this weekend because I've got to play in golf, you know. So can you remember your first game of cricket? Can you remember where it was and what happened? I think I can. I think I went up to Mewshake Cricket Ground, which we used to do every Sunday, and the men were playing. There was there was sort of a men's team, Mewshake, uh, Lower Chittering, Bindoon and Jinjin, and Bullsbrook sometimes. Uh and I went up there and I think I was about 11 and, um, and they were short. So I got a game and I can remember going into bat at Mushay, which was not the greatest ground in the world. A lot of sand, a lot of limestone. What was the deck? It was a uh, concrete wicket with, uh, with Koya matting. Matting, yep. yep. And I went in about, I probably batted 10 or 11, I can't remember, but I remember hitting three fours and, uh, I can remember one of the the players, one of the men, gave me this 10-shilling note for playing so well. And I kept that note. It might still be in my stamp album at home. I haven't looked at it for probably 20 years, but I used to. I kept that note for all that time. And were you always a batsman or were you aspiring to be a bowler at that point as well? Um, well, you had to bowl because that's what you had to do at school and, uh, in, you know, in the playground and, and whenever you play. So I, I started off, like everybody, trying to bowl fast. And I finished up, after I went to Jack Mann's team, I can still remember the second game, I think it was, we came up against Cyril Jackson School uh, Club, oh, team, it was a school, really. Yep. Um, yep. And it had Ken McCauley and uh, Ricky Booth and this guy, Geordie Ruchak, who bowled leggies. And I can still remember, I would have been 12, I think. I can still remember they bowled me my first wrong and I couldn't believe what it was. I never knew it existed and uh, went the other way. And from that moment on, I thought I've got to try and bowl these. And um, so I I practiced a lot of leg spinning in the nets and I managed managed in the end to get two first class wickets. (laughs) <laughs> did you did you bowl much in first class cricket? Or were you were you an occasional? Or were you? A... Yeah, no, I was very occasional. I used to spin them a fair bit. Yep. And um, at times I bowled quite well. I got quite a few wickets in district cricket. You know, threefers, fourfers, that sort of thing. But overall, I wasn't quite accurate enough, and I got hit quite often. But I have I beat the bat a lot too. The thing I, I think probably the thing that I liked about you watching you play was the aggressive mindset when you were batting. You're always a bit of a dasher. Yeah. Where did that come from? Just me, I think. You know, I never played cricket seriously, I'd say. I'd have to say that. I played uh, uh, a Saturday and Sunday cricket. It was I was always brought up 
that your education came first and, you know, I was, I was quite good at school. So I, I spent uh, a lot of time studying and things like that as well. And uh, just my nature, I think. I, 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 as a kid, I always thought you could score off every ball. You should be able to score off every ball anyway. So that's how I sort of built my game, I suppose. I don't remember you letting too many go outside off stump. No, I think you, you liked no. to feel bad on ball, didn't you? Yeah, I did. And if they were short, I tended to have a go too. You did, yes. You <laughs> like you like that part of it as well. Which really was my downfall. <laughs> <laughs> How old were you when you felt that other people started to recognise your talent, you reckon? Oh, probably in, when I was playing at Middling, uh, Middle Swan. Um, pro- I think the second game or third game, I scored my first ever 100 and um, – and, you know, from that moment on, Jack Mann was very, very keen on me as a cricketer. Yep. And so I think my, my, my fame spread down to Midland Guildford and then they came and recruited me when I was uh, probably 14. I played, I played my first, first grade game when I was 15. So what did the junior competition look like in grade, at grade level at that stage? Well, it was under 16s. Uh, every district club had a under-16 team and it was played Saturday mornings. Um, so I think from probably 9 o'clock to 12 o'clock and my memory of it. And when I first played first-grade cricket, of course, I'd play under-16s in the morning and then travel to the first-grade game, which started at one thirty and yep. play first-grade. So I'd have a full day on the in the cricket field. So how old were you when you, you made your first-grade debut then? 15. I was 15. Yeah. And... Uh, I think I scored an 83 when I was 15 from memory against Bob Massey and uh, the Vaseline Basewater boys. So I remember reading in one of Dennis Lilly's books, he said that in junior cricket, he used to come across this dashing left-hander that kept on rattling off hundreds. And he said his name was Wally Edwards. Do you remember running into the great Dennis Lilly? Yeah, yeah, inter-association games when I was playing for Middle Swan. So that was when we were 12, 13, 14. Um, we played, you know, uh, we were, I forget now, I forget what we were called as an association, but I remember Dennis and his brother Trevor were uh, Perth Mercantile. We played Fremantle. Be, there was about six sides or six associations and best best players in each association met. We probably played about half a dozen games a year on a Sunday. Because Trevor was a batsman, wasn't he? And Dennis yeah. was a... Uh, Dennis, yeah, Dennis was, of course, as well. You know, he, he could bat better than he often said he could. <laughs> How quick was he back in those days? He was quick. And also, we had Stan Wilson. Uh, who, he was quick, wasn't he? He was really quick. And, yeah. uh, in fact, I scored my first 100 against Stan. He was on he was Perth Police, uh, Midland Police Boys or something like that. So, yeah, no, we, we it was good cricket. And uh, Ken McCauley, all those guys we played against. And uh, uh, it was a, the start of my career, obviously. Was it competitive, super competitive? Yeah, it was. You know, I don't think like it is these days. You know, we, we had fun. But uh, it was, we all played to win and um, do our best. Did you feel at that point in time, I'm good at this, I might be able to go a bit further with this? Not really. You know, I'd... I never really had a, a sense of a career or, you know, I don't think cricket was like that then. Well, it might have been for some people, but it, was it wasn't a, for me. Yeah, it was know, a pastime, wasn't it? Was it was a pastime. It was something you did in your spare time and you did a lot of it in your spare time. 
But no, it wasn't something that I always said, oh, this will be a career or, you know, I, I obviously I listened to the radio all the time. You know, I can remember taking the radio to school. I can remember listening to Doug Walters get his first hundred in his first uh, test match sitting under a tree at school. I don't know whether I'd dodge class, but I was listening to the radio there. So. We'll take a break. We'll come back and we'll talk about your grade career and your graduation into into first class ranks. We're talking to Wally Edwards. This is Inspiring Sports Stories with Mark Duffield. Thanks to Bower and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. This is Inspiring Sports Stories with Mark Duffield on SEM. Thanks to Bower and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. Yes, welcome back to Inspiring Sports Stories with Mark Duffield, brought to you by Bauer and O'Day. With me in the studio today is Wally Edwards, the former chairman of Cricket Australia and also former West Australian and Australian opening batsman. You've got to be as old as me to remember that, but uh, Wally certainly was that. Wally, let's talk about your graduation into grade cricket and obviously first-class cricket after that. You mentioned you started playing for Midland Guildford yep. at 15. Yep. How tough a school was that for a 15-year-old? Oh, well, it was tough. You know, district cricket in those times was full on. You know, you mostly your all your test cricketers, all your state cricketers played. And um, so you were playing against the best and there was a lot of older cricketers too. Players hung around into their 40s. So there was a lot of tough nuts, and uh, as a kid, <laughs> you, you you felt a bit overawed. You know the the names were all there, and um, and it was uh, it was you know a tough game. But you know I, I was fortunate, I think, to be at Midland Guildford. Um, we had a very strong uh, culture. You know Keith Slater, uh, Kevin Gartrell, um, Doran Mann. You know there's an, a lot of well established. Uh, cricketers that taught you and they shielded you and they helped you and uh, and you were, you you weren't you didn't feel like you're under pressure to perform you were there to learn and you were there to uh, play a part and um, I was very very lucky to be in that club. So when you you're playing first grade at fifteen, where were you batting in the order? Um, I'd say about five. Around about five, they give you, you know, they didn't put you at six or seven. They gave you a chance. Um, never opened, of course, in the, at that level, at that time. Um, yeah, batted five and, you know, you, you you had a, I can still remember my first game was against Tony Locke, actually. He got me out. <laughs> <laughs> it was against Bassanine Bayswater and he sucked me in beautifully, you know. He bowled, I don't know, I got three or four, I think, runs. Hit him through the covers once for a two, and you know, he, and then he bowled this loopy doopy thing that I thought happy birthday, <laughs> and ran down the wicket and missed it, <laughs> and it clean bowled me. So yeah, you know, it was uh, it was that sort of cricket. It was it was tough and 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 you know very very intense really for a young fella. You know, you felt a little bit little bit out of it. I think I still wore shorts actually in those days when you were under 16s. So where was that debut match? when That was at Hillcrest Oval yep. where Bassendine still play. Yep. Um, what yeah. What sort of deck was Lilac Hill in those days? Well, Lilac Hill didn't exist. We were playing at Midland Oval. Right. With the bike track around it. Yep. Right in the middle of Midland. 
uh, a hot and stinky sort of ground. <laughs> the bright bike bike track reflected the heat back in, and most yeah. people, most clubs didn't like coming up there to play. So it was a, a home ground advantage. You had um, we had Italian houses to the southwest or east, and they'd usually light a a fire of uh, grass clippings or something. It used to smoke and smell, and they'd drift across the ground all day. So it was a, it was. Uh, not in an inviting environment for the competitors. Did you feel that? Did you feel that playing there gave you an edge? Oh, yeah, no doubt. And, you know, with guys like strong personalities like Keith Slater, Kevin Gartrell, uh, we were playing to win. Yep. And that's how it was expected. Stan Wilson was in that side, Bruce Yardley. Um, so there was a, a lot of uh, good young kids. So they, were, they were a year young, older than me. So we are all in the one side, you know. Who do you remember facing in those early days that was tough from other grade? Oh, a number. You know, there's Bob Massey, uh, who Bob and uh, Les Varis from Bassanine Bayswater. Uh, the spinners probably I had more trouble with, to be honest, and um, I suppose that's why I sort of migrated up the order as time went on. Um, but, yeah, there's a lot of good cricketers around and uh, a lot of lot – of, um, you know, it was hard work. So how old were you when you started opening the batting in first grade, do you reckon? I was probably, um, I'm just thinking on this now, I, I don't think I opened much until after I went to university. Yep. I, I, I went to university. In those days, you had to play at university when you went. Yep. So it was a big uh, change of scene. And, uh, you know, at university... Uh, I was focused on my engineering degree more than cricket, to be honest. And uh, I finished up uh, playing a, a year of second grade at university. It would have been my second year there. So you about 19, 20? Yeah, I would have been, uh, no, no, probably, yeah, 18, 19, 18 probably. Uh, played a year of second grade, and I think I started opening then, to be honest. Um, when did you start making enough runs to attract the attention of the state selectors, do you think? Uh, probably, um, at the end, towards the end of my university degree, John Inverarity was our captain coach at the time and he got to know me well, I suppose. Um, and I'd had moderate success. I, I didn't have super success at district level. I think when I got chosen, I think they were looking for new blood and they weren't sure what sort of blood they were looking for. They wanted to introduce youth. And I, my first First class game was against New Zealand as a touring side, which was in a January, I think, late January, which is a strange time, but that's when they were in Perth. And I opened the batting then against the two Hadleys, Dale and uh, Richard. So that was my first first class game. And I, and I don't think I'd scored umpteen runs. You know, I might have scored one or two hundreds and a few seventies or something like that. But I got chosen because they were looking for new new players, new style of player, I think. You know that, um, so you, sometimes you have clear memories of uh, of footage of things. And I remember your first game. Did you make um, thirty odd? Did you or? No, I think I got about a seventy. Seventy, actually, right uh, against them. And Lance Cairns was playing. In yeah, that game? he played. Uh, it was a very good side. They, yeah. they, you know, and we beat them easily. WA, yeah. and it was a sort of. I think then I got then I got chosen for a shield game, and I might have scored. That might have been 
the first Shield game at the Wacker where I scored 100 against South Australia, I think. And um, I only might have played two more games that year. So I can remember you cover driving Lance Cairns and there being a replay of it on oh, on right. the ABC Sports. Remember there was an ABC Sports show at that time? And I think um, yeah. they used to wrap up the sport during the day and they, yeah. they had footage of you cover driving right. Lance Cairns. So yeah. I thought, oh, geez, this bloke can play a bit. That's yeah. like, that looks like a good shot. <laughs> um, yeah, I never saw that one, mate. <laughs> you, you, what was Richard Hadley like to face? In oh, he day? was bouncy and he swung the ball. Yeah, and so yeah. did Dale. Yeah. So... Managed to survive and get through it and score enough runs. So that gave me a, a start. And as I say, I played, might have played two, might have played three Shield games at the end of that season and then went on tour the next year. First thing the Wacker team did was usually go on tour. And so I, that meant go and play Sheffield <coughs> Shield we games? We played Adelaide, Sy- Melbourne, Sydney. And I think then was when they picked the first test team for that Ashes tour. And I'd scored, I think I'd scored 100 in Perth the previous year. And then I went, Adelaide, I might have scored a 70 and I scored a 50 and a 60 or something in Melbourne. And then I scored 150 in Sydney, Sydney opening yeah. the batting with Bruce Laird on a wicket that did a lot, actually. I don't know how we survived, to be honest, but we got through and then they picked the first test team for England, and that's when I got picked. And I wasn't, I have to say, I wasn't ready. Right. I wasn't ready for that sort of situation. Did you, but with the runs you were scoring at the time, and, and I remember you being a much talked about young player at the time, mm. did you feel confident at that time? That, oh, probably too confident, right. I would say. Yep. Um, just happy to play my game. I never tried to change my game. And I just played my game. When you're in form, of course, uh, it looks great. And when you're out of form, it looks not that good. So, um, yeah, I, I, I wasn't really experienced enough. And I probably didn't have the right mindset that I've got to play this for the next 10 years. You know, I didn't have that mindset at all. Yeah. And um, that's how I played the game. Let's go back to the, the Shield Tour. Did they still go over on the train in those days or did no, you fly over? No, we flew over. Yeah, yeah uh, no train. But you went on a tour. Sometimes though, the whole four games you'd play right around to Gabba. Yeah. Um, I don't think we did Gabba that year. Um, so because when I played my first test, it was at the Gabba and I'd never seen the ground before. So, um, yeah, it was uh, – that's how it was. And I'd been playing with people that I'd always looked up to as heroes, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you, you never met them, never met Dougie Walters or, you know uh, – the chapels. You would have faced some decent bowlers, though, wouldn't you, in those games? The Adelaide game, did, yeah. was Jeff Hammond going around then for South no, Australia? No, I think Rodney Hogg was yeah. in that game. Um, oh, yeah. Um, you know, Alan Hurst, or, they all had good good bowlers. Um, yeah. I think at, uh, at the MC, at the Sydney, when I got the 150, I think, you know, it was Gary Gilmore, um, uh, Graham, I don't think Graham Calling was playing. Um, can't remember who else. Oh, there was Lenny Pascoe, those sort of guys. Everyone had a good side. We'll take another break and we'll come back and we'll talk you through your test career, short as it was, and then we'll talk about uh, life after cricket. This is Inspiring Sports Stories with Mark Duffield. Thanks to Bauer and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. This is Inspiring Sports Stories with Mark Duffield on SEM. Thanks to Bower and O'Day. 
don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. Yes, welcome back to Inspiring Sports Stories. It's Mark Duffield. I'm here with Wally Edwards, the former chairman of Cricket Australia, also former West Australian and Australian opening batsman. We're up to a phase, Wally, where you're about to make your Test Cricket debut. Now, it was a pretty interesting team, that one. It was the 74-75 team at the Gabba. Uh, You mentioned you hadn't been there before. The Englishman hadn't seen a bowler named Jeff Thompson before. They were a bit sceptical as to how good he was. They found out pretty quickly, didn't they? Yeah, they they did. It was incredible. Uh, Incredible series, Lillian Thompson at their prime. and our team was a brilliant team. How I how I got a place in it, I sometimes wonder. But Keith Stackpole had retired, and in those days, people retired to go and get a job. And uh, he was at the prime when he retired, really. But anyway, I got chosen and opened the batting with Ian Redpath. Um, and the batting lineup was very good. Ian Chappell, Greg Chappell, uh, Dougie Walters, Ross Edwards, Rodney Marsh, um, Max Walker, one of the spinners would either be uh, Mallet, uh, Jenner, or O'Keefe. Yeah, probably Mallet for most of that yeah, season. Yeah, Mallet played up there mm-hmm. in the gully, taking catches like nothing else. And then you had Lily Thompson and uh, Maxie Walker as the, the 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 bowlers. So it was a very good side, and I was lucky to be in it. Did we, um, did we bat first that day? Uh, we did. We bat first. First thing we had to do is meet. The Prime Minister, Gough Whitlam, I still remember that. Yep. About a minute before batting. <laughs> <laughs> At the time, Gough was one of my heroes, of course, because he was um, he was going to stop uh, national service <laughs> and I was in the line for that. So <laughs> uh, meeting him wasn't the end of the world for me. Um, but then met Gough Whitlam and went out to bat. Who faced the first ball? Was it you or Red Park? I think I think Ian did. Yep. I can't really remember. I can still remember my first shot, which was a drive through the covers yep. uh, for a two or three. Um, I only got six or eight. I can't remember the exact score. I got caught in the slips. Um, and that was that. Um, I think we did pretty well. But and then, of course, they couldn't, uh, they couldn't withstand Lillian Thompson. So their pace attack would have been Bob Willis. I think Peter Lever played in that match. There was a lot of yep. bounces at the at yep. the Aussie batsmen, wasn't yeah, there? Yeah, a lot at me too, and that's how I got out in the second innings. Right, hooking. <laughs> hooking, <laughs> caught on the boundary. I think with the modern bat, it would have gone for a six, 20 rows back. But yep. uh, in those days, we had little thin bats, and I got caught on the boundary for about another five or seven, I think, and uh, that was my first test. Did the Englishmen start something in that test they didn't realise they were not going to be able to finish, do you think, with the, the barrage of short stuff at the Aussies? Um, well, I, I, you know, probably they shouldn't have. <laughs> You'd have to say in hindsight that wasn't, wasn't uh, good of them. But they were a good bowling side. You know, you tended you could underrate them really yep. because Willis was, you know, Willis was very good. The others you tended to relax a bit probably and that wasn't a good idea. Mike Hendrick was another one of those bowlers that mm-hmm. – just bowled on the spot, and then you had Underwood and Titmus as the two spinners that never bowled a bad ball. Can you remember Lillian Thompson's first spell at them and the and the way that felt? Uh, I've heard Rod Marsh talk about it. I've heard Ian Chappell mm-hmm. talk about it, particularly Thompson bowling into the wind. Can, yeah. can you remember where you were and, and what you were thinking? I can't remember where I was. 
Um, I can't, I, I, but I can remember, you know, it was uh, incredible, uh, incredible atmosphere, incredible um, on the ground. You know, you thought, wow, <laughs> what is this? You know, and how good is it? Um, but no, it was, um, you know, they, and what I remember probably more is how many they got bowled, how many we bowled of them, particularly Tomo. Yep. York had a lot of them, beat them. A lot were backing backwards too, which made the stumps a little bit easier to hit, I suppose. <laughs> Batting was different though, wasn't it? Yes. There was no helmets. There was no, no armour guard. There was no, no arm guards. The Even the pads and the thigh pads, the gloves were a different kettle we're, of fish. To we're almost zero. That's exactly right. And there, you, we didn't have anything. You know, you had a little thin thigh pad. I just had a little thin thigh pad. Yep. That was it. And pads and batting glove, yeah. Um, so you had to be confident that you you could withstand all that. And if you hadn't come up against it, it was pretty scary. There's no question about that. You were one that never seemed to be bothered by that day. You were bothered no. more by the ball moving outside off stump or, of course. or something like that. Yeah, but no. I, I think I was I played a bit risky. If I look back on it now, must have my parents must have been in the stands shuddering watching me play. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I must have given them a tough time <laughs> as a spectator. But, yeah, that was just how it was. You know, I, I, I as I said earlier, I didn't really plan to be a test cricketer. Yeah. Um, it was something that came to me and I was very fortunate to be able to get a baggy green and play those games. And uh, I'd never, you know, in some Probably really when I got dropped, it was probably a point of relief for me, to be honest. Um, so how old were you at that stage, Wally? Because you were still pretty young. Been, you? I would have been 24. Yep. Going 25. Uh, I'd been around a bit, but not not a lot. You know, I was a country boy still, really. You've been to university, just starting a job. and um, So what were you working as? Because cricket was very much a part-time. Engineer. I, I qualified as civil engineer. Yep. I was a, I really enjoyed my job and, um, uh, and I was in a very fortunate position. I worked in the department of construction, federal government department. In those days, we did all the work for other government agencies, you know, airports, uh, Navy, army, po- uh, even Australia post and Australia telecom. So we had a lot of interesting jobs and now I was really into that. You know, I, I love building things. And uh, my work, I'd go to work in the morning uh, and then go down to the Shield game at 10 o'clock. So I would have done two hours before I went to play cricket. Um, and you were able to get time off to go and play? Yeah, they matches. gave me holidays. So I had holidays. So I got to a – I started to – well, I still don't have many holidays in my life. I'd never got into the habit of having holidays because yeah. I used them playing cricket. Um, so, yeah, I, and I had a really good uh, job. They looked after me. There was one of the uh, high administrators in the department that was uh, uh, Bob Ballantyne, who used to run Fremantle Cricket Club, and he looked after me, I think. So I'd in the winter, they'd send me up to Learmonth Airfield, and I'd spend six months up there uh, on that building the, the airfield, you yep. know, learning a lot. Um, so I'd, then they'd bring me back to Perth in time for the cricket season. So, yeah, and I, had a, I, had a, I had a really good life, and I had a very – very good job. That was what I wanted to do. The second test was in Perth. Yep. And from memory, you made 30, I think, mm. in the first innings. Mm. Batted okay. Batted okay. Um, 
that was the same day that Dougie Walters made the the hundred in the session. Incredible, well, with incredible, the incredible day that yep. I can still remember that day. You know, and, and um, whoop, uh, where you know we rolled up in the morning to the game. I don't know whether I should say this, tell the story, but rolled up to the game. And in those days, you used to get there at ten o'clock, start at eleven. You get there, you get changed, you go over the practice nets, have a bit of a hit, come back, have a drink and a, maybe a sandwich. And then you go out on the ground. You didn't do any running around or or stretching or any of that stuff, right? And anyway, we got there, went over, and as we were opening bat, I think we had batted one over the night before, yep. Redpath and I, maybe two, and we went over to practice, and usually the openers would bat last. So they'd, uh, And anyway, I can still remember before we went over, Ian Chappell said to Rod Marsh, uh, where's Dougie? And Rod said, hmm, I don't know, I think... I think he might have had a few last night, and um, and uh, we went over, over, and so we all went over. Doug still hadn't turned up, and um, we got over, and I'd just come out from my bat, so it would have been probably twenty to eleven or something like that. And Doug walks over, and Ian Chapel says to him, "Doug, do you want to hit?" He said, "No, I won't have a hit." He said, "I'll just throw a couple up and hit them into the net, which we used to throw them up and just go whack, you know, yeah. hit them in the net." And Dougie threw this one up. Went whack like that, and it landed about two meters behind him. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and Ian Chaffle said, "Doug, go back and have a sleep." <laughs> and so that's what Doug did. He went back, crawled up, crawled up into a corner, and went back and had a sleep. And he went in, he went into bat. I think only one over before tea that yep. day. And uh, and I still remember the last ball of the day when we're all sitting there watching it and everyone's going, no, Doug, don't do it, Doug, because he needed five yep. to get his hundred in the session. And, of course, Bob Willis bowled him a shorty and he hit it for six over mid-wicket. And then we all, Ian Chappell said, right, everyone out of here, and we all went and hid in the showers. And when Doug walked into the room, there was no one there. <laughs> so we, they gave him the cold shoulder. <laughs> but yeah, so that, that's incredible. That was how, well, that's a true story. He, he was not well when he turned up, but he played amazingly well. They, they were the days of real characters, weren't they, in yeah. the rooms? Yeah. Do you think different to how it is now? Well, I think it has to be. I, I, you know, I, as chairman, I used to go into the rooms a bit and everybody was pretty serious. Uh, you know, it's a different world now. There's a lot of money involved. Careers are made on it, made with it. And, um, and it's a different pressure, a lot of pressure, different way to go about it. And, uh, in a way I'm, I'm pleased I played when I did. Um, the, the, the current boys work hard, really hard. And they're, you know, they're much better cricketers than we ever were. <laughs> I've got no doubt about that. We'll take another break and we'll be back. We'll talk about the end of your playing career and then your transition into into cricket administration and how that's panned out over so long. This is Inspiring Sports Stories with Mark Duffield, thanks to Bower and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. This is Inspiring Sports Stories with Mark Duffield on SEM. Thanks to Bower and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. Yes, welcome back to Inspiring Sports Stories. Thanks to Bauer and O'Day. With me in the studio, Wally Edwards. Wally, we're up to your second test. Played in Perth. I think Australia wins in about four days. 
Um, your last test match was Melbourne. Um, yep. I think you made 29 and a duck in that one. Mm. Did you feel at that stage that this was a pause in your test career or were you concerned that that might be your last test match? Oh, no, I, I, I was uh... – I was never, I was never on the, the a career path to play Test cricket. Yep. I, I and and I was, you know, I, as I said earlier, I I was an engineer. I wanted to build things. I was in a great job where I could build things, and it just didn't it didn't matter much to me, to mm-hmm. be honest. You know, I would have liked to have done better, uh, but uh, as it turned out. Uh, I just got on with life and still played a bit of shield cricket. Didn't last that long there either, mm. really, because a few good projects came up. I I built six lighthouses off the coast of Western Australia in the late 70s. So that was one of the big projects that I worked on and uh, I used to love that sort of thing. So uh, I never had any regrets. I, I always considered myself lucky to be given a chance. Was there a, a tiny regret? There was the 74, 75 tour, and then there was the 75 tour of England mm. um, with the World Cup thrown in and the four test matches. Would you have liked to have gone on that? No, I never thought that way. Yep. You know, I never thought that far ahead, I don't think. Um, uh, no, I was quite content. You know, I, 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 had, a, I had a very um, interesting life going, and um, it was a great experience, and, you know, I was still playing with – guys in the Shield team and my, my, my pennant club, and that was more than enough for me. Tell us about your family life uh, away from cricket. How, mm. how was that? Well, I got married in 75 uh, to Kerry. Uh, lucky to have found her uh, at the end of 73, actually. Um, and uh, so we were settling down. We were, we were renovating houses. We were... Um, doing all those sort of things. She was a school teacher, science graduate from UWA, and um, we were building our own life, yeah. And, mm. you know, we we um, we unfortunately had a couple of miscarriages in terms of children, but uh, in 1982 our first daughter, Catherine, arrived, and uh, that changed my life again. It was at that point, in fact. In fact, I can say she re- arrived on a Friday night and we were playing the grand final of pennant cricket the next day at the Wacker. Yep. And um, and I can still remember it because I obviously was on a high. I think we we're five for 40. This is North Perth. By then I was captain coach in North Perth. We we're five for 40 and I scored 145 not out. <laughs> we got to 280 and we just got pipped by Mount Lawley the next day, uh, Tony Mann beating us. So, yeah, I was on a high there. And then, you know, by then I'd bought a business. I was into business and um, – I retired from first grade cricket at that point and focused on my, my business career and family life. So was that business Holman at that stage? No, or? no. That was a company called Eden Irrigation, yep. which is now, was Total Eden. Yep. Then it went, we went, it went national and uh, I sold that business in 86 for shares in a public company uh, that unfortunately we got caught in the share market crash of 87. And fundamentally, it took us back to to nil in our in our net worth. So we we started again, and I I uh, I started Holman in uh, about February 1991 in my garage. It was me in my garage, and that's where I started Holman, and I built it to what it is today from there. So that's an irrigation company. Well, garden watering was our fa- first pro set of products. We supply garden watering products all over Australia and New Zealand now through Bunnings. Um, and then 
we went into plumbing fittings as well. So the last four years, I've been building moulding factories in Perth and Melbourne, uh, Perth and Brisbane, sorry, um, where we manufacture um, PVC fittings for Bunnings and the rest of the plumbing market in Australia. So for a person who describes himself as a very casual sort of a cricketer, mm. you've had this incredible ongoing relationship with the game. How did, mm. how did that come about? Yeah, well, I, I got asked to stand for the Wacker board in 1987, actually, and uh, just before the crash. Um, so I, I got asked and I got elected and I, I started on the Wacker board then and I really enjoyed cricket administration and I, I thought, thought I had a place to contribute there as a cricketer and as a educated person and as a thinker of, about the game. And so I just had a very lucky life in that regard. You know, I, I got involved with the Wacker, Laurie Saul and Barry Shepherd were our delegates to the Australian Cricket Board, as it was then. Uh, when Laurie was about to retire, he anointed me as his successor. So... In, I think, 1996, I went to my first uh, Australian Cricket Board board meeting and that was another great start of a great journey where I got involved uh, not only in Australian cricket but the world cricket through the ICC. So uh, I had a very lucky and enjoyable period. Cricket Australia, the chairmanship, Mm. how did that come about? Well, that was the last four years of my 19-year term there. Um, I didn't really have the time to do it because of my business, Holman, and, and, and uh, you know, they, at that stage, even though I was 15 years into developing Holman, it was still hard work and I was working very hard, long hours doing it. But it came to a point where um, somebody had to do it and there wasn't any obvious person on the board um, and I got approached by a couple of uh, senior board directors from other states that said, we think you should do this. And uh, I talked to my hardworking accountant and uh, general manager at Holman. I said, do you think you can carry on? And uh, they wanted to do it and the team wanted to do it. So I took the job. And it was a very important part of uh, time for Cricket Australia because we're on we're in the uh, started a process of restructuring Cricket Australia, the board, which had been a long, um, long-lasting sore thumb for the smaller states mm-hmm. because Cricket Australia board those days there was three board directors from Victoria, New South Wales, and South Australia, two from WA and Queensland, and one from Tasmania. So um, we all felt aggrieved that we weren't getting equal representation. And of course, the money, the way money was carved up was a bit the same. So we were, we were poorly dealt with, we thought. And, um, and it was an opportunity for a small state to have an influence on the way Cricket Australia formed, reformed itself. And I had the job of shepherding through a lot of those reforms. We're not really a small state where cricket's concerned, though, are we? We're no. a very proud state that's made a very large yep. contribution, I think, to cricket folklore Absolutely. and cricket history. Um, how do you view the game now? Well, I think it's a better game than ever. You know, I think um, the skill levels, all that are incredibly better than they've ever been. You only have to watch 
the big bash. The big bash itself has been a an amazing, amazing innovation. I think for world cricket, you know, T Twenty is where the future is. There's no question. You know, that was a big debate at Cricket Australia as well, because at the time when that was being put together, I wasn't chairman right then, but I had influence at that point. You know, there's a very strong push to sell that to India. Mm. And uh, from the bigger states, not so much the smaller states. And I worked very hard at making sure that didn't happen. And I believe it's re-emerging over there at the moment. So yes. that needs to be fought well and truly because I think the last thing we want in Australia is um, one of the premier competitions to be controlled from India. No one cares as much about your own product as you do, isn't That's it? That's dead right. Yeah. And yeah. I think that the, the notion that it's anything different to that is, can't, can't be, is foolish, really. You just can't do it. You know, it's a national thing. It's owned by Australians, not by yeah. cricket administrators. Um, so it has to be here for Australians. What about Western Australian cricket? It seems to be flying at the moment. Oh, I think Western Australian cricket's done extremely well. You know, I know the sensitivities of the finances with how critical the international games are to the, the whole operation here. And, you know, we had three years basically without any international cricket through COVID. Um, I think the new financial model that I introduced has assisted us to survive that. I think without that, the smaller states would have been completely and utterly uh, bankrupt. It uh, would have been a huge problem. But I think we're extremely well managed now. I think, you know, the fact last year we won four titles, three men, one women's. Uh, the fact they've survived three years and still got money in the bank, uh, mm. I think is great credit to them. And I know they're doing a mountain of work, you know, in, in areas that we never thought of, you know, in blind cricket, disabilities cricket, Aboriginal cricket, all those areas they're doing a lot of work and making a lot of progress. So I think they've done a great job. And it's unfortunate there's been a bit of controversy at board level, but uh, I think they're coming through all that now. Um, and there's sensible heads are prevailing. One last one, women's cricket. Mm. How proud of you are the are you of the evolution of that? Oh well, I, that's one of the things I got involved with right from the beginning. I think when I first got on the Wacker board, I was on the women's cricket committee. Um, when I went to Cricket Australia, I was on the women's cricket committee, and I I was chairman when we. Uh, shepherded in women's cricket to become part of Cricket Australia. Women's cricket used to be managed completely separately, an organisation that was by itself out out in the never-never, really. We brought it into Cricket Australia, and Quinton Bryce actually was chairman of women's cricket at the time. She became our Governor-General in subsequent years. So I did a lot of work with her to bring it together and then put it on, in, in Cricket Australia, and then over time... Uh, move it forward, which we did, you know, and we started to pay players a lot what we could afford, a lot more than they were getting. And then, of course, right at the end of my time, we were introducing the women's big bash. So the first ever women's cricket match, international mm. women's cricket match played, and you showed me this book before mm. we did this interview, mm. was the, a touring English team against a West Australian team. Yep. And the two opening batsmen for the West Australian team were? My aunties, my father's sisters, Irene and Lola Edwards. Yeah, they they opened the batting uh, against England, first ever international women's cricket match, 1934 at the Wacker. Obviously, England were touring for the first time. They landed in Fremantle and 
That was the first game played here. So they're the f- number one and number two women's cricketers for Western Australia, which is uh, quite nice. Do you still watch as much as you used to, Wally? Probably not as much. I'd say my four years as chairman uh, took the took it out of me a bit. We travelled a lot. I went around the world. I went to lots of places, Nepal, Papua New Guinea, uh, outside of all the main playing countries because that was your job. You know, you're an ambassador for Australian cricket. Uh, and I watched a lot of cricket, which was great. You know, I had a great time and enjoyed it a lot. And I consider myself extremely fortunate to be given the chance. And um, so I suppose since I've retired from cricket, I haven't watched it as much. Although I still, I think it's a great TV game. Mm. And um, I try and get down the whacker a few times a year. So uh, stay in touch. Wally Edwards, a life well lived and a great contribution to the game of cricket not only as a player where I found you very entertaining as a young bloke, but also as an administrator and a great supporter of the game. Thank you very much for joining us on Inspiring Sports Stories with Mark Duffield. It's been brought to you by Bauer and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything.